words of Sri Aurobindo. The faith in spiritual things that is asked of the sadhak is not an ignorant but a luminous faith, a faith in light and not in darkness. It is called blind by the skeptical intellect because it refuses to be guided by outer appearances or seeming facts for it looks for the truth behind, and because it does not walk on the crutches of proof and evidence. It is an intuition, an intuition not only waiting for experience to justify it, but leading towards experience. If I believe in self-healing, I shall after a time find out the way to heal myself. If I have a faith in transformation, I can end by laying my hand on and unraveling the process of transformation. But if I begin with doubt and go on with more doubt, how far am I likely to go on the journey? As for the faith-doubt question, you ardently give to the word faith a sense and a scope I do not attach to it. I will have to write not one but several letters to clear up the position. It seems to me that you mean by faith a mental belief, which is in fact put before the mind and senses in the doubtful form of an unsupported asseveration. I mean by it a dynamic intuitive conviction in the inner being of the truth of supersensible things which cannot be proved by any physical evidence but which are a subject of experience. My point is that this faith is a most desirable preliminary, if not absolutely indispensable, for there can be cases of experience not preceded by faith to the desired experience. If I insist so much on faith, but even less on positive faith than on the throwing away of a priori doubt and denial, it is because I find that this doubt and denial have become an instrument in the hands of the obstructive forces. Why I call the materialist's denial an a priori denial is because he refuses even to consider or examine what he denies, but starts by denying it, like Leonard Ulf with his quack-quack on the ground, that it contradicts his own theories, so it can't be true. On the other hand, the belief in the divine and the grace and yoga and the guru, etc., is not a priori, because it rests on a great mass of human experience which has been accumulating through the centuries and the millenniums as well as the personal intuitive perception. Therefore, 
It is an intuitive perception which has been confirmed by the experience of hundreds and thousands of those who have tested it before me. I have started writing about doubt, but even in doing so, I am afflicted by the doubt whether any amount of writing or of anything else can ever persuade the eternal doubt in man, which is the penalty of his native ignorance. In the first place, to write adequately would mean anything from 60 to 600 pages, but not even 6,000 convincing pages would convince doubt, for doubt exists for its own sake. Its very function is to doubt always and, even when convinced, to go on doubting still. It is only to persuade its entertainer to give it board and lodging that it pretends to be an honest truth-seeker. This is a lesson I have learnt from the experience both of my own mind and of the minds of others. The only way to get rid of doubt is to take discrimination as one's detector of truth and falsehood and under its guard to open the door freely and courageously to experience. All the same, I have started writing, but I will begin not with doubt, but with the demand for the divine as a concrete certitude, quite as concrete as any physical phenomenon caught by the senses. Now, certainly, the divine must be such a certitude, not only as concrete, but more concrete than anything sensed by ear or eye or touch in the world of matter. But it is a certitude not of mental thought, but of essential experience. When the peace of God descends on you, when the Divine Presence is there within you, when the Anand rushes on you like a sea, when you are driven like a leaf before the wind by the breath of the Divine Force, when love flowers out from you on all creation, when Divine Knowledge floods you with a light which illumines and transforms in a moment all that was before, dark, sorrowful and obscure, when all that is becomes part of the one reality, when the reality is all around you, you feel at once by the spiritual contact, by the inner vision, by the illumined and seeing thought, by the vital sensation, and even by the very physical sense, everywhere you see, hear, touch only the divine. Then you can much less doubt it or deny it than you can deny or doubt daylight or air or the sun in heaven. For of these physical things you cannot be sure, but they are what your senses represent them to be, but in the concrete experiences of the divine, doubt is impossible.